This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 464 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com, Shake and Fork, and Sparkle and Boom. Lizzie Traband exceeds fascinating. Lizzie has done more with one hand by the age of 19 than most of us will do in a lifetime, including being named 2016 Junior Equestrian of the Year by U.S. Equestrian. Plus, Cecilia reviews the women's all-around square-toe autumn boots. Listen in. You're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show, where host Glenn and Helena guide you through some of the horse world's most fascinating stories. Owning and loving horses means there's always a story to tell. It may be funny, exciting, or inspiring, but it will almost always be fascinating. Join us for The Scoop each week as we tap into the stories that are woven into everything we do, at the barn, at home, and everywhere in between. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Stable Scoop Radio Show, the flagship show, the first show on the Horse Radio Network. Helena, I saw that you've got some updates on your ponies. I do. Me and the bee are out getting things done. So for those of you who've been following along on Facebook, you know that my horse spiked a fever a few weeks ago after he had some vaccines. And he's just kind of not been right for the last two months. You know, Though I can look back on our history together and say he's not been right for the last five years, <laughs> which is as long as I've owned him. And I think I had an epiphany yesterday. I had an epiphany. Uh oh, what was that? Well, he's been kind of pokey. Is this Brody we're talking about? Yeah, this is Brody. Okay. He's been kind of pokey. He's he's, you know, a bit of a plug. He's got a hard mouth. I'm playing around with all kinds of bits. He has no brakes. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I figured out? What? My horse is a punk. <laughs> He's just a jerk. <laughs> He's just a jerk. He is just a jerk. I wrote him, well, I got his teeth done. I thought maybe he didn't want, he wasn't happy with the bit because his teeth hurt. His teeth were fine. Now they're especially fine because they've been floated. They've been cleaned and flushed. He, his appetite is back. You know, Brody is healthy when he's hungry because he's always hungry. Like me. If he were a human boy, he'd shop in the Sears Husky section. <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. So when I go out to feed in the morning, he, in fact, anytime I come home when my car pulls in the driveway, he's at the back fence looking out across the yard at me with a great big knicker. Is it time to eat, mommy? Is it time to eat? You know, and then maybe you just go visit in the middle of the day or something and he's like, are you bringing me food again? <laughs> Meanwhile, he has two huge grassy fields to graze from. This horse could just never get enough food. So I know he's feeling better. I know he's back to his old self because his personality is just, he's just adorable. He's such a character and a great backyard horse because he's like a pet. You know, he likes to engage with humans. He does silly things with dog dog. He's just an all around goofball, a lovable one. So I'm like, okay. My Brody is back and, you know, I get on him and I ride him in a halter and he's still stubborn and bulgy and won't make a round circle and he won't soften and he won't come through from behind all these things you want him to do with a bit. He won't even do without a bit. So then I put another bit in his mouth 
All right, let's go down to the French Lake. You know, let's do the Waterford. Finally, I don't know what happened. I think I actually got mad at him. I think I got frustrated. And, oh, I know what I did. I used a crop. <laughs> I did. I used a crop. I was up at uh, at uh, my stepdaughter's barn, and little girl was taking a lesson with another trainer up there, and she had a crop in her hand, and she was riding a naughty pony. You know what she did? She whacked that pony on the shoulder with her crop. Guess what? That pony was so well-behaved for the rest of her lesson, she never had to use her stick again. I have a naughty pony. (laughs) (laughs) I gave him a good thwack on the shoulder with my crop, and all of the schooling that we have been working on for the past six months suddenly, suddenly appears. My horse likes to go long and low. He likes to get round. He likes to get his little tushy up under him. Oh, how soft he is. How supple. How bendy. Oh, look at that. My horse can travel in a straight line. (laughs) Why? Because Helena discovered the crop. (laughs) All of a sudden, he's paying attention again, huh? And you finally don't even have to use it. That's the amazing part. I had to use it once or twice. Yeah, but he knew you had it then, and that was it. Well, I've been riding with spurs, you know, and yeah. now he seems to be like, huh, those spurs are little. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he has got a this... little the yappy attitude came out. Ah, oh, and I hate to say this because it's, I hate to be harsh with my animals ever. I have no problem being harsh with my kid, especially <laughs> when she was a toddler or, or when she's 13 or 14. So it's really, the epiphany I had is very much that, you know, when I get in the saddle, and I want to ride my horse. I want it to be a pleasant, non-stressful experience. <clears throat> even schooling, you know, even training. I guess what we're looking for, and we meaning the backyard horse owners and riders, is it's a hobby. It's a joyful experience. We don't want the stress necessarily of having to train or school our horse with every single stride. Unfortunately, Brody is the kind of horse who needs to be schooled every single stride. Yeah, there are That's, some that are just like that. I mean, you know, yeah. I, Scooter's kind of like that too. I mean, you kind of have to because he'll get in his case, he just gets lazy. You know, really, really lazy and barely walks. You know, yeah. with in the cart and you just have to kind of keep him moving all the time and Jennifer keeps after me to keep him moving all the time. No. See, you need so we need somebody Jennifer to just keep popped after in and us. said she just popped open the door and said, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure she would say the same thing about me and Brody. In fact, she's the one that told me it was okay to ride with spurs to begin with. And that's what made the last two years of riding, actually. You're not using rowels, either. You're using two tiny nubs. (laughs) So, um, but he has this awful habit of bulging in at the shoulder. And we have done every exercise to correct that that you could possibly think of. We, I've, like I said, I've tried every kind of bit you can think of. I've tried no bit. Finally, I just said, Let's just thwack the shoulder and see what we get. And it's not the kind of repetitive aid that you need to keep using. Right. So what it comes down to is Brody's training this last week has been more about his personality and attitude and less about his body. You know what Jennifer would say to both of us, right? What? This is a Glenn and Helena issue, not a Scooter and Brody issue. That's exactly what she would say to us. I know. (laughs) I'm rolling my eyes right now because she's right. That's exactly what she tells me when, when in fact, you know, the pony's not getting lazy. I'm getting lazy. Uh, it just feels like 
it feels like you're being so aggressive. But you're doing it once or twice, and then it's coming back, and then then he's got it again. You know, it's just a reminder more than anything. Yeah, but you have to do it. Like with Brody, I have to be there. There's no such thing as a subtle aid with Brody. You have to be super strong, super clear, or he will just. And that's probably the way it was before you even got him. You know, that's probably how it was before you got him. Uh, Well, you know, he, he, um, because you only got him about five years ago. Five years ago, he was way worse when I got him. He was 12. 12, yeah. Yeah. So he's 17 going on 18 now. So he's older, you know, and he was in a really, um, great work program when he was up at Nora's for a couple of months. And then he came home and he settled back into home life, which, um, he's still in work, you know, but I don't know what he, maybe he thinks he's on vacation now. I don't know. Well, he has been on vacation for a little while. I know. (laughs) Most of his life is vacation. I think now that you've had this epiphany in another couple of weeks, you're going to find that you need the AIDS less and he's going to listen more because he's figured out that you figured out. Yeah. Yeah. You got his ticket again. I was like, you know, it's one of those things where you, you, you hit him with the stick and you're like, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And it does, you know, it's for him. It's a little thwack for me. It's like, I might be hitting him with a hatchet or something. (laughs) God, it's like the only, it's the one place I don't want to be, you know, my hot little Italian self is when I'm in the saddle. I just want to have fun with my horse and, you know, there are little, some horses I think you can get away with that with. I mean, I think Beaker, but I think they're more the exception than the rule. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely, you know, Beaker is one of those. I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love my horse, but he is a challenge to school. He is. Yeah. But he's great on the trails. You know, he's great in groups. He, there's so many things about him that are great. It's just when you're trying to achieve Look, a particular riding goal. It's taken you five years to figure this out. With some <laughs> of your boyfriends, it took longer than that. So you're proving. You're getting better. <sighs> so that is – and then – so um, the teaser that I had on our auditor's page was that, you know, my new bit is the one rain stop. You, that's pretty much how Brody goes. You When he decides he wants to go for a gallop, doesn't matter what you have in his mouth or around his face, he's going to go. And, you know, that's how they teach him. And that's probably how he was taught when he was first broke, is the well, one rain that, stop. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that There's no amount of training that I can do that's going to teach this horse, to that, that will help me rate this horse. At the age of 18. Exactly. Yeah. So I just have to be prepared to do a one rain stop. And hopefully, two or three times, he'll figure and it out. I hope there's no gully that goes down about 30 feet on the, t- <laughs> the way you're turning. I know. <laughs> I'm just busting your chops, you know that. So that's my Brody update. That's the Brody update. Well, that's good. Yep. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Now, now you can move on, both of you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, now we need a report next week. Okay. On how that's going. <laughs> Let's just hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of that here in Florida. 
All right, let's get to our first guest right after this word from Shake and Fork and Flex and Fork, who are the manure forks that we have used for six years now here at the farm, and we don't have any others anymore. We have all the others that we had before we got these have broken, and we've thrown them away, and now we only have these. So let's hear a little bit more about why people like them, and then we're going to come back with our fascinating guest, and that's Lizzie Traband. I think you're going to, I think this is probably one of the most fascinating we've had yet this year, so. So stay tuned. I'm the host of ForceGirlTV.com, Angela Walkup, and I've been using the Equity Shake and Fork for over four years now. It's not only cut my stall cleaning time in half, but likewise my manure pile with less wasted bedding. Less waste saves me money. So I highly recommend both the Shake and Fork and their Flex and Fork, as you can't find better manufacturing on the market today. And remember, you can always tune in, tack up, with HorseGirlTV.com. Well, hi, Lizzie. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. You know, this year we are highlighting fascinating people in the horse world, and you certainly <laughs> you certainly are one of the most fascinating that we've had on yet. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. Let me just tell everybody a little bit about uh, Lizzie. You know, she's 19 years old. She was named a 2016 Junior Equestrian of the Year by U.S. Equestrian. She competes uh, dressage, hunter, and jumper, although she really likes jumpers. She has spent years traveling as a bridalist performer, has trained her own homebred mounts, and teaches clinics all over the United States and Canada. Oh, and in her free time, has started a couple companies and businesses and things. She's a little entrepreneur. And, you know, I think the thing, when you take a look at the Sidelines article, you see that you have one hand and were born with one hand. Uh, and, and I loved the sidelines article that I read about you that said your mom just from the time you were born said, I'm not treating you any different than anybody else. You can figure it out. You got it. That's exactly what she said. Well, apparently and it, it looks like you figured yeah. a lot of stuff out because my God, girl, at 19 years old, I, what don't you have yourself oh immersed in? Um, let's go back though. So mama's involved in horses. You come Correct. along she obviously gets stars in her eyes and sees the next little uh, pony jumper rider coming along. Was your indoctrination to horses an easy one? Did it come naturally to you or was it something that uh, you had to struggle with a little bit when you were younger? I definitely struggled a lot at the beginning. I, um, I wasn't super into it. You know, I would ride for a week or two and then I wouldn't ride for a couple of weeks. And that was totally okay with my parents. I'm not sure my mom wanted me to get into the horses, just <laughs> so dysfunctional. I think she would have been completely content if I would have played soccer for the rest of my life. Um, and it wasn't until I, I know was that about feeling. second grade. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was about in second grade where I got serious about it. Um, you know, when I was younger, as a kid, riding was definitely, it was definitely a little bit of a challenge. It was kind of hard. Um, and she, my mom tried everything to keep it fun. She never, ever forced me to ride. Um, you know, I always had a pony and he was always there, but it wasn't like I had to do this and I had to go to the horse shows. And I think that was in the long run, what probably made me so serious about it when I turned, oh, I think I was nine or 10 when I started to get really into it. Tell us the name of your first pony. Well, my, my very first pony was named Scooter. And he <laughs> bucked me off all the time, <laughs> oh. all the time. I could walk scooter, but as soon as I tried to trot, he'd dump me. 
Well, that's a typical so first pony. He provided, he provided much entertainment. And he was just, luckily, he was the same with pretty much everyone else. It's pretty funny watching the big kids get on and he tried and then they'd fall off. I got to tell you, I have a hackney pony named Scooter right now. He's my driving pony. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, Scooter has an attitude. But why do we always end up with the wild, crazy pony as your first horse? (laughs) It (laughs) always works that way. (laughs) My second pony, Toby, he dumped me, I think, more than Scooter did. (laughs) And until I figured out that, you know, he just didn't like the job he was doing. But... um, you know, we had some good ponies come along after that. <laughs> you bounced good, I bet, by that point. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think I bounced really good. I, I, I don't remember falling off being painful like I do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goes for the rest of us, too. How did you, did oh, yeah. you neck rein back then? How Did you have, uh, you didn't have a prosthetic at that point, so did you neck rein? I or? didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I started with, my mom literally tied a loop in the rain. Um, and I put my little arm through the loop and I rode like that for a good couple of years. I don't even remember it to be completely honest. And then when I was a kid, I went to Walmart and I went into the brace section and I bought like a tennis brace and we learned how to, we clipped it in, we clipped the tennis brace into the lace of the rain. And I rode like that all the way until I was probably 15 years old. Um, but I didn't have the prosthetic until about two years ago, I think two or three years ago. And you, so, yeah. So you have, so you, you kind of come up with this alternative way of riding. And I mean, we know that, you know, horses, you can, whatever aids you teach them to respond to, and those are the aids that they respond to. Right. So Mm -hmm. were you competitive? You you know, so you, you, now you're starting to get a little bit more serious. Uh, you're about a tween at this point. Were you feeling competitive, competitively in your heart? Like, okay, I really want to see where I can push myself with these horses. Right. Or, or had that bug bit you yet? Yes. So that's when the bug, the bug bit me at the 2010 World Games. And I was there performing. Um, and with the credentials we had, we were able to access a lot of the events. And I can remember sitting in the stands watching the show jumping, thinking I need to do this one day. And I think I told my mom, I think I know she thought I was crazy. Um, <laughs> but that was definitely a, a huge turning point in my career. That was when I met Luis Sirio and got in touch with the USHJA, who actually gave me the grant, the Living the Dream grant to go to Wellington that season in Florida. And that was a huge, huge turning point. Ever since then, I've definitely had a way more competitive edge and have worked extremely hard to be competitive at whatever I'm doing. Um, and that was 2010 definitely marked that change. Okay. Let's, she passed right over the fact that you were how old then? 15, 14? Oh gosh. You have to do the math. 14? I, let's see, 2010, I'm 19 now. So yeah so 12 or 13 and you were doing demonstrations at the world equestrian games you passed right over Correct. that uh so oh. <laughs> <laughs> just skip that one uh so what were you doing i was doing um bridalist performances bridalist bareback performances in equine village um throughout the entire event and we did, we had our own little opening and closing ceremonies that were separate. And we taught clinics. We would teach various things like liberty and bow lay down and tricks. And I had my own sessions as well as I helped Tommy Turvey with a lot of his teaching clinics. 
Um, so it was a really, really fun week, fun two weeks to be in Kentucky, that's for sure. How much did that trick training and, and the performing help you in your riding later? It was extremely influential in a very good way. One of the best things um, about the trick training and the riding and even being born without the left hand is I was forced to be an extremely balanced rider from day one, which while it was harder from the beginning, now that I'm riding at a much higher level where balance is basically the key to being competitive in every ring, um, it's paid off tremendously. Um, You know, it's pretty cool. Last weekend, I jumped my first um, National Grand Prix on a horse that I've only had for a couple weeks. And she jumped clean, and it was definitely a, a big reward because when you get to that level, your balance is your main form of communication, and your balance has to be so fine-tuned. And that's something that I was forced to learn early on through all the different things I did. Did you do a lot of no stirrups work? Because my daughter just <laughs> cringes when she has to do no stirrups work. But it's so yeah. effective for her balance. I mean, there you, you can't deny the um, the marriage of balance and strength, right? I mean, yes, it's, exactly. right. So did you have to do a lot of no stirrups work? Um, you know, I remember doing some, but I actually didn't do tons. You know, I rode a lot of horses bareback with the performing, which I yeah. definitely think helped. And, you know, without having the left hand, I couldn't resort to my hands for balance. Yeah. So, you know, if a horse tried to pull, I couldn't pull back. And it, you know, it takes two to pull. And I think it's a really hard concept for a lot of riders, but it was something that I didn't really have a choice whether or not I was going to grasp it or not. So, um, you know, in a strange way, I think that has paid off now uh, in the long run. What a- what aids are you currently using to do your show jumping? You said you got a prosthetic two years ago. Is it a full hand prosthetic? Mm-hmm. What what do you have? So it's um, entirely mechanical. It's a claw that is connected to um, a, like a specific casting, which matches my right hand. And the claw opens um, from a strap. It might be hard to explain. It actually runs behind my back and loops around my right shoulder. So when I extend the right shoulder forward, the wire pulls the claw back and it opens. And when I extend the right shoulder back, the claw closes. How many times Um, have you accidentally dropped the reins practicing with that the first couple times? Oh, my gosh. It's (laughs) insane. I had to do a special design on the reins so that that doesn't happen. But I actually, um, oh, my gosh, the first time I had it for about three days and I was in clinic and I... um, I jumped like a pole on the ground and I reached my left hand forward and I got stuck on the martingale strap and I was on a spinner and the horse reared up and it was really bad. So we definitely had our, um, had our oopsies with the arm, but <laughs> on wood, it's, it seems to be working out pretty well now. I guess so. <laughs> Jumping Grand Prix and yeah, going clean. That's not too wood. shabby. Not too shabby. Well, yeah. A competitive athlete like you, um, you know, we all, regardless of how we're built, we all have our good days and our bad days. But I think it, some of us are more prone to pity parties than other. Hello, me. Mm-hmm. Um, do you <laughs> do, do you ever have to fight with that? And and, and, and for any reason? Um, I I don't think so. I'm not sure. I completely understand the party uh, question. Um. Meaning, my mom was, do no, you, was a no excuses kind of girl. Right. Do you ever feel like some days you just want an excuse? Um, 
No, I can remember making up an excuse when I was like 13 years old and I pulled weed for a week and I haven't made an excuse <laughs> That's the answer I'm looking for. That's, yeah, that's the answer I, I'm looking I think for. I have, my mom, I have my mom to thank for that. Um, you know, <laughs> you have to really try to use that, you know, excuse mentality to spin it around into positive energy. Like sometimes it's good to get a little frustrated because then – if you use that frustration in the right way, it's going to make you better. You know, I can definitely tell you there's times where I've been frustrated, but it's not been for the wrong reason, if that makes any sense. It does. You know, I'll get frustrated at myself because I'm like, darn it, I should be able to do this. This isn't a big deal. Like, I need to figure out how to fix this. But I definitely, I don't think I've ever gotten frustrated because, like, you know, man, if I had a left hand, this would be easy. Um, it's just not a mindset I I ever let myself get in, I guess. Do you That's think, a good word, mindset. Do you it, think it's it, all about part, mindset? Part of that is because you had it from the beginning and it wasn't an accident yes, that had I it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. My mom and, and my dad, and you know, they're amazing, amazing parents. Like they were never hard on me, but there were never any excuses. It was, you know, just figure it out. There's another way to do it. So that definitely, you know, I. I think it was a huge gift they gave me and treating me like that. I wonder how many of Lizzie's pictures are on refrigerators all across the country and the parents go, Hey, look, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look. Oh boy. And, and and their kids are throwing darts at you right now because you're just ruining (laughs) their lives. (laughs) I hope not. It sounds like you have, um, I mean, because you've been dealing with this, well, first of all, when you ride horses, you're automatically a problem solver, but then you have to kind of get around the traditional ways of riding horses. That makes you a double dipping problem solver, which (laughs) brings me to this um, software project that you have going on. In the sidelines article, it mentioned that you were working on, um, it's an app or it's a program to help facilitate the billing and the administrative stuff that happens in, in the horse world. And your mom is kind of involved in that as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Cause that's a big problem that needs to be solved. It's a massive, massive project. Very intimidating. Um, but we're working at it one day at a time and we're going to see how far we can get. So basically um, there's two different platforms. There's two different projects that are kind of tied into one. There's a management platform and there's a marketing platform. Now, the goal with the marketing platform is to get every horse into the best possible situation. Um, You know, right now, there's lots of different programs where you can look to buy a horse or lease a horse, but there's not really any programs connecting, you know, young professionals with breeders or young junior riders who are looking for you know, sale catch rides or horses that are retired that need to, you know, drop, drop down in their job. So the goal of the marketing platform is to essentially get every horse into the best possible situation, um, which is something that is really lacking in our industry, especially if you're not super well connected. Now, the so it's like a match.com for horses. Yeah, you know, basically, and the idea is to tie in the breeders and to tie in the therapeutic riding centers and to tie in the college programs, um, because there's a serious disconnect um, between many of the different people who have horses and people who need horses. And as a result, there's oftentimes horses that end up in situations that they don't belong in. Um, So it's truly the goal is to, you know, get the horses into a situation where they're, you know, happy and healthy. 
So that's the marketing platform. And the management platform is basically supposed to make your job for running your business easier. And the goal with that is to give professionals um, or amateurs, whoever's running the barn, more time to be in the barn. Uh, I was a working student for Elizabeth Salter uh, for a couple of years, which was an incredible experience. And part of my job was running the books. And we sat down every Florida, we would sit down all day Monday to do all the billing for all the customers and entries. And it took us all day on Monday. And it was, in my mind, kind of silly. It seemed like a waste of time. So the Which also platform, sucks because it's your only day off for if you're a jumper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the idea is to make the billing and management and keeping track of all the records easier. So it's an it's a massive project. <laughs> it's really, really intimidating. Sometimes I look at my mom and I'm like, "Are you sure about this?" Like, see, see, I most can't believe you're you're helping me with this project. Um, you're talking so to two geeks be... here, Lizzie, and most underachievers would choose to just do one of those at a time as two separate yeah. apps. But <laughs> apparently, we're underachievers, Alina, because I would have just done one. Oh my gosh! So wouldn't be the yeah, first so time I heard that. <laughs> The two platforms are actually heavily connected in ways that you would never imagine they could be connected. Um, so that's another big part of it where we sat down and, and there's two missing links and they really are one piece while we can break them down into two. So, um, you know, we're heading into beta testing right now. It's an insane project and we want to really make sure we have our teeth crossed and eyes dotted before we launch. But hopefully, hopefully down the road, it'll be a success and it'll, you know, achieve the goals that we have set. Well, you definitely let us know when that comes out and we'll get you back on. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I will. I will. (laughs) Well, and uh, now are you going to go to college or you feel like you've already had 20 years of college at this point? Oh gosh. I am. I just finished my freshman year at Penn State. So I am in oh, college. Oh, so you went to a little tiny school in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that little tiny school with 40,000 kids. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very lucky because Penn State's really close to home. Um, so I can continue to ride and train with my mom and at our home facility. And I, I'm also very lucky because my dad works at Penn State, so I get a pretty good discount on tuition. So I will be able to graduate from school without any college debt, which is very important to me. Um, and I'll still end up with a good degree, which I'm hoping is going to help me with this IT project and the business I'll do down the road. Excellent. Well, well that's an awesome plan, girl. Yep. We, and you've got two more <laughs> new fans. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I think after this, you're going to have thousands of more new fans, Uh, (laughs) but you know, you absolutely fascinating story and congratulations on everything you've accomplished and you're going to accomplish. We're going to be watching you for years to come. We appreciate you stopping by. Do you have a website of your own or where can people follow what you're up to? Um, I'm all over social media, so you can Instagram, Facebook. I do have a website. It's a little bit out of date. I need to get on that. <laughs> uh, LizzieTurban.com. And then our horsemanship program is actually Tajdi Horsemanship, and that's online as well. Very good. Thank you, Lizzie. Thanks, Lizzie. It was Thank great you. talking to you.
Okay, thank you. Sparkle and Boom is a marketing company catering to small and medium-sized businesses. Their goal is to add some sparkle to your marketing in order to get some boom in your bottom line. They do it by engaging your target market with an elegant style and genuine message, a message that shines a light on what's appealing, unique, better, and awesome about your business. Sparkle and Boom can help you to reach new customers with a message that is both meaningful and effective at driving new business. Click over to sparkleandboom.com for more information. That's sparkleandboom.com. Up next, my favorite stable scoop segment, it's the Tack and Habit five-minuter. I was going to say the Tack and Habit hour. It should be a Tack and Habit hour. It's a five-minuter. It's sponsored by Horse Lovers, and our reviewer today is longtime listener and one of my favorite people who I've never met in person, but someday we will because we're kindred spirits, Cecilia Berger and her beautiful, smart, talented daughter, Dee Dee. They are going to review for us the women's all-around square-toe autumn boots. Hi, Cecilia. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. So I'm kind of a footwear fan, and apparently you guys are too. And these are some pretty snazzy boots, I have to say. Yeah, they're very fancy. Who got them first? Who wore them? Who loves them? And what color? Uh, She got them. Uh, They're her boots because we don't wear the same shoe size. And they're um, like, uh, are they blue? Like kind of a peacock blue. They're really pretty. And these are cowboy looking boots, right? Yes. They're definitely cowboy, cowgirl boots. Okay. Okay. So they're made by Noble Outfitters. The blue is so, so pretty. And they have that square toe, which I love. And it's like, um, I think they call it a... It's not a stacked heel. There's a name for the type of heel that it is. Do you know what it is, Cecilia? Uh, no, I'm, I don't. So long as it functions, I'm good, but I don't know anything else about shoes. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a flat heel, meaning it's not, it's not the kind of heel that would get us killed if we decided to right. get on a horse. Exactly. Um, so they look pretty comfortable. They're not very tall. They're 11 inches high, which I would imagine is perfect for a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should just ask the owner of these new boots what she thinks. Yeah. I'm going to answer the phone. Here you go. Okay. Hello. Hi, Dee Dee. This is Helena. I I understand that you have these beautiful new boots, and I think you and I have a lot in common because I just love super pretty shoes and anything that's, like, amazingly fancy. And I think these are kind of amazingly fancy. How much do you love them? A lot. Are they comfortable? Yeah. Okay, so you got the boots, you opened the box. What was your reaction? I was just really excited to see them because I've always wanted to wear cowgirl boots. Now, Dee Dee, be honest. From what I understand, you didn't take them off to go to bed the first night. <laughs> Dee Dee? Yes. <Yeah. laughs> I would sleep with these on too, kiddo. <laughs> That's totally what I heard. It. Little Birdie told me. <laughs> now, you know, you do some, some riding. Is that true? Yeah, I ride. You ride. Do you ride with your mama? Uh, I normally ride with my friend at the barn. Okay. And can you ride in these boots? So do you ride Western or do you ride English? I ride English. So you can't really ride in these boots, but I, I'm going to ask you, have you ridden in these boots? 
not yet. But I, well, actually, one day I have ridden them in bareback. Yes, that's what a cowgirl does. I love it. So what's your favorite outfit to wear with these boots? Mm. My blue dress. Blue dress with blue boots. That's she perfect. is, Glenn, a girl after my own Yeah, heart. she's either co- even color-coordinated. Yes, I have seen pictures of her in these boots, and they are very, very cute. And uh, so would you say they're comfortable enough that you could wear them all day? Yeah. You have worn them all day, haven't you? Technically, yeah, every day <laughs> at the barn. Do you get a lot of compliments on them? Yeah. That's good. And have you worn them to school yet? Uh, I don't go to school. I'm homeschooled. Ah, well, then you have worn them to school because uh, you wear them at That's, home. But it is summer, so I do go to my friend's house, and they like the boots, too. Oh, cool. Very good. Well, thank you, Dee Dee. Why don't we put Mom back on here, and we'll finish up. And well, we're... it was nice talking to you guys. Good to talk Bye. to you. You, too. Thank you, Dee Dee. Thank you, Dee Dee. Hi there. Hi. Oh, my God. She's so cute. <laughs> uh, she's you so cute. You did a pretty good job of getting her to talk. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's so funny is when I met her at Rolex, she wouldn't stop talking. But when you get them on the phone, it's sometimes different. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But no eye contact. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I put Grace behind this microphone, and she suddenly becomes like someone without an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what does Mom have to say about these boots? Um, they, I thought that they were kind of like fancy, and I didn't know how they work in the work environment but um they've held up really nice and they actually clean up easily we've gotten a lot of rain here uh it's below country so it's raining almost every day and they're even waterproof so it doesn't get much better than that well, wow <laughs> That's they really look and the tread looks pretty nice too and like you're not going it doesn't have that full leather sole on the bottom so they're not too slippery yeah no they're not slippery at all they have i don't know it's not i don't know it's not grippy looking but she doesn't slide in them so that works really well. Yeah, because you know what? Kids, sometimes they dance through life. They don't just walk, <laughs> right? They shuffle, yes, they spin, they girls. jump. Yeah. So you're like, all right. And, and sometimes these Western boots can be kind of slick on the bottom. So I was just looking at the mm-hmm. treads and thinking that would be a safe footbed for me. Yeah, no, there's definitely some texture to them. And they came out of the box feeling broken in. So it's not like they were stiff or Anything. She wore them seriously three days in a row, and she didn't have any blisters. Well, that, that okay. says a lot right there. That really does. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this is cool. You can find them if you go to horselovers.com and just search for uh, uh, well, these. Uh, let me see here. You can search for ladies all around square toe boots, and then they also have the kids version. So you can you can just put in noble outfitters all around boots, and you'll find them. They're $189, $189.95 as we record this. So they're good price for, for a cowgirl boot as well. And they do have a bunch of different sizes with regular and wide and, and all kinds of things. So kids on up through adults. They well, are just so cute. I need to get a pair. And Cecilia, like, like now, send me uh, your favorite picture of her in her boots, riding a horse or doing whatever, and we'll post that in the show notes as well, so people can see her in them. Okay, you got it. All okay. right, thanks a bunch. Thank you. All right, thank Bye. you. Bye bye. Well, that about wraps up our coverage for today. What's going on over on your other shows? Well, that Newport show and Around the Buoy are both going strong. Buck and I are covering a lot of things in Newport because, you know, the summer season's here. So there's a lot of stuff going on. We are trying to get to Newport for the 4th of July. So I have not yet been in town for the 4th of July. And of course, my birthday is on July 6th. So it's kind of like my 
birthday weekend celebration, you know? Oh, cool. I kind of, I try to wrap, wrap it all up in one because everybody's in a good mood for the 4th of July, you know? Well, I got to hear how we did not hear last time we talked, you were heading out the next day for the fancy yacht million dollar boat show. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's just talk about where we're going to have the next horse lovers cruise. <laughs> it's on one of those yachts. <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to that Newport show coming up on Thursday because we talk all about what $398,000 a week will buy you. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> buys you a lot. <laughs> really nice carpeting. Yeah. Out I in bet. the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Maybe a little food too. Uh... They have the charter yacht show is really cool because uh, like you guys are, you know, chartering when you're chartering, you're, you've basically booked a block of rooms on a cruise ship. A charter yacht is essentially your own mini hotel and the crew is your staff, right? You've got the captain, you've got uh, your stewards, your first mate. Their job is basically to serve you on your vacation. It's a private floating vacation. And honestly, if you have the budget, obviously $398,000 is a bleep ton of money. Yeah, I don't have but, the budget. <laughs> but if you have the budget, you know, most of these luxury charter yachts will go for like, I don't know, anywhere from $70,000 a week to $180,000 a week. Wow. And, you know, that's 14 people. So a lot of corporations will spawn, will will buy them, basketball players, rock and roll, you know, musicians and stuff like that. Anyway, if you happen to be listening and that's even remotely close to your budget, it is such a worthwhile vacation. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Not not just the yeah, it really is. It really and truly is. <laughs> yeah. Like you st- I yeah, I can't even So you got describe. to go in all these boats? We get to go in it. They make, they have these sort of contests, you know, the chef will prepare each of the chefs on the yachts will prepare a dish and they have a contest, which chef is the best. They have a cocktails contest, which crew has the best cocktails. So, so I'm covering this show and we're drinking cocktails all day. (laughs) We're going from yacht to yacht, trying a little espresso martini here, a vodka gimlet over there. Did you, You did you both dress up dapper? Did you look very new England? Um, it was a work event. So I looked very, you know, me, I like to dress up. Yeah. You like to dress up. Yeah. And then in the evening, there's something called the yacht hop. So each of the yachts actually has an official cocktail party and you, you hop from yacht to yacht. And one of them had a band that was playing on it and the crews dress up as like characters. This one particular yacht called the Renaissance, not the Renaissance called Renaissance. You don't. Yeah. So anyway, um, they were dressed up as Gilligan's Island. They decorated the <laughs> yacht as Gilligan's Island. I don't know if that's the uh, the thought I want to have in my mind when I'm taking their boat out. <laughs> and, and, and Marianne. And you could hear, you know, the music is playing. It was a really good time. Um, and the, the whole idea of the show is to match up these yachts with brokers. And the broker's job, they're like the travel agents. They connect the wealthy Kind of like real estate brokers connecting. Yeah. yeah. They match up. Travel brokers. A particular yacht with a, a particular type of client. Because some of them are geared for families. You know, they have a lot of toys on them, like jet skis and floaty things. And others are for the older, more sophisticated type of traveler. So there's a there's a very legitimate business purpose behind these shows. But it's all about luxury vacations. That's very cool. <laughs> yes, sir. Very cool. 
<laughs> I imagined you went in some of them and just were like, oh my God. <laughs> well, this is the second year we've covered the show. So the shock factor is a little less than it was last year. But what never, ever ceases to amaze me, honest to God, is you have to take your shoes off for every yacht you go on. That's kind of standard operating procedure. Yeah, in the when boat. you go to RV shows, they have you do that too. Okay. Yeah. You step on board the yacht, you usually go to the aft deck. So it's like an outdoor deck right in the back of the boat. And then there's uh, sliding doors and you go into what they call the salon or the living room of the boat. And every single yacht I've ever been on has the most luxurious carpeting. I said to Buck, $398,000 for a week. I'd spend $398,000 just to stand on this rug in my bare feet for 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, these, this kind of luxury material you will never see in our lifetime. No. <laughs> well, that's so very it's cool. Fun stuff. That's very cool that you got to do that. That's so neat. Yeah. That's a, so when did you rent it for? I haven't gotten the invite yet. Oh. <laughs> my, my, my yacht has a little diesel motor. <laughs> four, four horsepower. <laughs> yeah. One horsepower. It's called Brody at the beach. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. I'm glad you got to do that. Now, where, can we, where are we going to be able to find that? Does Around the Boy have its own feed now, or are they all under that Newport show? Nope. Around the Buoy has its own feed. You can find it on iTunes, uh, or you can go to aroundthebuoy.com. How do you and... spell buoy again? What is it? How do you spell buoy again? Oh, jeez. B-U-O-Y. <laughs> I could never spell that. Around the Buoy. That's okay, because Google will autocorrect for you. See, I, I, and it is there. It is, it's also on Android. It's right, and I love your logo still, by the way. It's also Thank on you. Android. I just searched for it to make sure it was popping up, and it is episode four of the wood, Wooden Boat Show, and that was the last one, I assume. Yeah, uh, that we're going to, yes, we talked yeah. to the publisher of the Wooden Boat Magazine. We're going to the show this weekend. Um, but you the get to Charter do so Yacht, many cool things with this gig. With boats. I know nothing about boats. That's I was cool. like, well, And you're doing I it in Newport, kind of nice. Uh, except for the traffic this time of year. <laughs> I know, I know. But that Newport show has this coming, well, let's see, the Stable Scoop and that Newport show will probably both come out on the same day, right? We come out on Thursdays? Yep. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that Newport show coming out this Thursday will have the full scoop on the Charter Yacht Show and some fun stuff that's going on in Little Compton. It's a good episode. Good. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, you can find all the information about Horse Radio Network. Just go to our, the App Store on your phone and search for Horse Radio Network. Download it. It's the simplest, easiest way to listen to all of our shows. There's a new show popping up on there. It's called Heels Down Happy Hour. We'll talk more about that next week. But the first episode is there. If you want to go take a listen, it was a lot of fun, and I think you're going to enjoy it. It's by Heels Down Magazine. Uh, that's our 14th show now uh, on the Horse Radio Network, but they're all a little different. That one's kind of like the, it's kind of twice a month, and it's kind of like the opposite of Horses in the Morning. This is Happy Hour at the end of the day. So, and they were drinking, I think. So uh, they were keeping <laughs> it real. <laughs> and we do, we're recording another one tonight, and I think there'll probably be more drinking. So that one is uh, available right now, and we'll have them on next week. They're going to come on the show and talk a little bit about what they do and, and what's going on over there. And, and you can find Helena at sparkleandboom.com and that Newport show. And the name of the network, again, is Sparkle and Boom Network. 
Sparkle and Boom Podcast Network. There you go. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Oh, wait, our closer. Yeah, you Jeez, you got closer. me all confused. Sorry. Open. Boom, Newport Show, Stable Scoop. Oh, gosh, Podcaster's Life. What, how do we close the show? <laughs> how many years have we been doing this? Uh, Who you, are you again? Okay, I'll <laughs> say, are we done? Are we done, Glenn? Oh, no, that's your line. You say, are oh, we done, is? Glenn? You know what? I have three male co-hosts. <laughs> I'm starting to get you all confused. <laughs> now you know how I feel. I'm 32. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is it for Stable Scoop this week. Thank you, listeners, for following along. We will be back next week. Until then, happy scooping. 